0: Welcome everybody and we are welcoming you to Survivor Sellout. That's right guys, Um, this was a rough pay-per-view tonight. I'm going to go over it in some of my results and thoughts. You know how it works here on Tap Out Talk. I want to start out with just kind of my opening statements, okay? So I want to start out really real quick. This honestly feels like one large commercial tonight. The opening promo package was for Red Notice, the movie, the Rock's new movie, to and then all the way clear to, heck, even Pizza Hut, the Battle Royal, sponsored by Pizza Hut. It's just oozes of greed and not melted cheese, okay? So they totally got it. The wrong Survivor sellout mode tonight. And let's just go ahead and I'm going to go through some of the action, some of the notes. Um, You guys can kind of, if you've seen the pay-per-view, you're going to be feeling exactly what I'm feeling tonight. Um, Maybe the problem is, is this is coming right off of a really good pay-per-view with full gear last weekend and AEW. Maybe I just enjoyed that too much. I enjoyed not having commercials. I enjoyed just going through and just having a real AEW all matches. I did miss some backstage segments. I wish we would have had some of those. But, honestly, I like the overall feel of just matches, matches, matches. So, let's go through this. And I'll try to make it as painless as possible. Unlike what WWE did for us tonight. Nope. Alright, so we had the pre-show match. So, this match started out um, in the beginning. Okay, so we get Rick. Uh, it's, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura with Rick Boogs versus... Um, Damian Priest, right? So this is all champion versus champion. This show, it doesn't mean anything if you win or lose. Okay, there's nothing on the line for this. This is just putting all their champions together. This booking is like we put everything into the overseas pay-per-view crown jewel, and then we just said, well, it's champion versus champion, and we're not going to worry about it a month later, and nothing's really going to matter. So let's throw something in there and get some sponsorships rolling. So, All right. So we got Rick Boog starts us off with playing Nakamura to the ring. You know, I got a thing that popped in my head was whatever happened to Elias, right? Um, Shinsuke has only defended this title also once this year, I believe. So, wow. But, I mean, seriously, like this wrist boogs guy, he just kind of, you know, took, uh, you know, Elias' gimmick and kind of just ran with it. And, I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of shocked. They, they're they showing a pattern of, like, just taking gimmicks and giving it to other guys. Regardless, the two start off with a series of wrist locks and hammer locks for the first few minutes. Rick Boog starts playing the guitar randomly during the match, and Nakamura starts just rocking out, and he looks like he's about ready to, like, fall over and spasm. Um, This looks ridiculous, and forget the thought that he's also playing an unplugged guitar, guys, so that's what's even more hilarious is he's sitting there just rocking on this guitar, and it's not plugged into anything, you know, it's not, there's nothing going on there, so, um, man, they're not even trying. Uh, Okay so we get then some of the action. Priest uh, gets an elbow to the corner and then follows up with a lariat clothesline for a two count. Kind of remind me a little bit of Adam Page without the flip over the rope. Um, Nakamura then hits a few shining wizards for a couple two counts. Priest hits a nice choke slam for a two count. Priest then goes over for another lariat. And hits, uh, and it gets reversed by Shinsuke into an arm bar. Priest reversed it into a submission. He almost has Nakamura out, and the guitarist again starts to distract Priest with his playing. So Rick is rocking and rolling. He then leaves the ring to grab the guitar and breaks it over, uh, breaks it in half by splitting it in two over his knee. Right. So at this point, you know you got Damian Priest going a little crazy on the outside, and then he hits Boogs with it, which isn't the issue. And then Nakamura comes out of the ring and Priest hits him with the guitar. And since it's a foreign object, not legal in the match, bam, referee calls for the DQ. Shinsuke Nakamura wins and gets the first win of the night for SmackDown. Um, all right, so, you know, this match had come across a little ridiculous. I felt like the guitaring on the outside really kind of hurt. A good match that could have been pushed between nakamura and priest i think these guys are both good wrestlers and very capable um but the guitaring just kind of really killed it and it kind of set the tone for the night and my uh, first comment here when i seen it i was like oh boy oh boy gonna be one of those nights anyway so i haven't hasn't sunk in yet all the way and then we go to uh, next some backstage pre-show segments so with that being said, Kevin Owens interrupts the broadcast team as they're talking about everything. He pleads his case and he apologizes for his actions on Raw and assures everyone that he's a changed man tonight and he's going to take it very serious. Great. So little interruption, little action, never hurt anybody. I didn't mind that. Owens looked fine. Then we get a limo pulling up and we get Vince McMahon coming out of the limo, classic. And I'm not going to lie. I liked seeing Vinnie Mac. It was nice seeing him on TV again. We don't get that anymore. And I understand why, but Vince McMahon shows up arriving in the limo and he's carrying a golden egg. And honestly, guys, I had no idea. I was like, well, what's, what's with the golden egg. Right. So I thought, okay, what are we doing here? Something comic or stick or funny. Um, meanwhile, you got, um, Adam Pierce and all the jobbers basically, or sorry, sorry, sorry. We're not supposed to use that word enhancement talent, right? Cause we don't want them to feel bad anyway. Enhancement talent. Um, and we have the egg, um, You know, basically, and they're all, like, clapping for Vince, and I'm thinking, you guys are going to get let go in a week, right? So, um, regardless, um, we have the backstage personnel cheering, all excited that Vince is there. And then we find out, like, the egg is a movie uh, prop from The Rock's new movie, Red Notice, in case you guys didn't realize that. I didn't. I had to really kind of do some digging, and then, of course, it became apparent later. The entire intro to this pay-per-view, guys, then became all about The Rock's new movie on Netflix, right? So the entire pay-per-view is based around this egg and promoting The Rock and really kissing up to The Rock all night long, right? And The Rock was on Twitter. I was watching some of that tonight. He was playing into it. I might be closer than you think and all this. But regardless, um, they went on, and I, I swear, when they went to the promo of the show to get us all kind of the high package, we then notice it's about five minutes long and it's talking about the movie red notice. And they're literally trying to tie red notice this movie about thieves and eggs into survivor series. And they're like, you know, talking about all golden events and, you know, they're trying to make a mashup. It does not work. And it really, um, Comes across cheap and cheesy Right And I'm going to get the cheesy later on We're going to get there As I mentioned earlier So We find out that The first match is coming up Which will be Charlotte Versus Becky And so I was like Okay Well let's get this started That's going to be one of the Better matches of the night So we get in Um Charlotte is out first Becky's out second Wearing a Scarlet Witch Uh Red type costume To represent Raw I love the uh, Things that she does Into her outfits Um that's one of the things that yeah, I kind of thought was pretty clever. I think this was a play on the Survivor Series promo picture. If you guys are watching, you can see it here in my uh, photo. I, I feel like Charlotte behind her has a little bit of the Infinity Gauntlet from Marvel going on with uh, the Thanos, right, with her peacock feathers. Um, Regardless, you know, she came out, uh, Becky came out in the Scarlet Witch costume. So these two started off immediately with punches back and forth and pushing in the corner And I said, yes, this needs to start out as a brawl. Remember, these two hate each other, and they actually had legitimate heat going on coming into this, right? And they kind of worked themselves into a shoot. So Charlotte spears Becky and then punches her on the ground as the action spills to the outside. Becky kicks Charlotte as she gets um, back in the ring. And a lot of back and forth and aggressive moves, right? Charlotte rams Becky's head into the mat and then multiple times and then stands on her neck, almost choking her with her foot, right? And I was like, okay, that's what you do when you really don't like somebody. Charlotte then drives Becky on the outside into the post and then um, from the apron. So she gets her on the apron, slams her into the post. Flair goes to jump off the rope for a moonsault. Becky pushes her off the top rope and into the barricade. Charlotte may have hurt her knee in the fall, okay? Both girls back in the ring exchanging slaps for about 10 times each and then clothesline to Lynch on the mat and Charlotte continues to assault Lynch. So this is a very Charlotte dominated match at this point. Later in the match, Becky hits the ropes and attempts a Lucha style moveset on Flair and Flair picks up Becky and slams her straight into the mat for a two count. Becky tries to reverse it and kicks in the corner, but Flair reverses and suplexes Flair into the corner and then kips up as she celebrates. Flair attempts a moonsault from the top rope. Becky rolls out of the way just in time, and Flair continues on with a double moonsault on the mat, and Becky attempts a small package for a two-count as she shows desperation against Flair. Charlotte hits the big boot to the face and gets a two-count. Charlotte shows frustration. Becky finally gets some offense with a reverse DDT for a two-count. Okay, these guys have been going back and forth for a little bit, and I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit of a seesaw matchup, but it's more of a fight and a brawl. I didn't mind it. It was actually, you know, pretty good so far. Let's continue on here with some of the action. Becky has full control as she kicks and punches Charlotte to the mat. Becky goes up for the top rope, misses the moves, and gets back and hits a choke slam and gets a two count before Flair, uh, Flair puts a foot on the rope. So Becky now goes for a figure four. The girls then end up just slapping each other while in this figure four. And then Charlotte actually reverses it. Um, Lynch then grabs the rope to break the hold. Becky rolls to the outside of the apron and Flair hits, uh, kicks her outside with a big boot over the rope. And then Charlotte then goes to the top rope and finally hits a successful moonsault on Becky to the outside. They get back into the ring. They go. Um, Charlotte goes for a disarm trying to beat Becky with her own move. But Becky then just grabs the rope. They both go to the corner, they trade blows, Charlotte tries to pin Becky, and then of course there's more rope grabbing, but the referee catches it. Becky then does a somersault and kind of reverses it and gets a two count, and then grabs the rope on the three count to secure the rope a little more. One, two, three, the winner, Becky Lynch. Becky celebrates and says that Charlotte can go run to the dirt sheets and complain on the internet because that's where she belongs. I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a pretty good storytelling. These two didn't disappoint. They add a little bit of realism, of course, into this match. Um, it seemed a little spotty at times, but you know what? That's part of the business. So I didn't hate this match and I didn't hate the little jab at the end by Becky. Um, so this one, you know, of course, obviously now we're tied up one to one SmackDown and raw. All right. Up next we go into the survivor series men, traditional elimination matches. Um, You know, guys, when I remember these matches, you know, growing up as a kid, right, and all the way through, you know, Survivor Series and its beginning all the way to its end, right, I remember these matches feeling special because all the biggest stars were involved, right? All the biggest stars, from Hulk Hogan to The Ultimate Warrior to Ric Flair to, you know, you go on and name it, The Undertaker, all these guys, the biggest and the best were involved in these matches. And now we have been limited to, you know, if I looked at somebody that hadn't watched wrestling in about three to four years ago they wouldn't know a lot of these guys, okay? And they would not be able to name them, and they would say, oh, is that so-and-so? I didn't recognize them, right? So let's go into this one and see how it kind of played out. So um, KO and Seth Rollins start things off, and KO rolls immediately out of the ring and walks up the ramp, okay? And as he basically quits, he walks up to the top of the ramp first thing and causes Team Raw to get their first elimination. I guess he was wrong in the pre-show. And the first elimination is Kevin Owens via count-out. Xavier Woods is the next man up and against Austin Theory, who's a relative newcomer to the main roster, right? I felt like this match was really meant to set up Theory and kind of showcase his skills a little bit, hoping that they can get that next, you know, guy maybe, you know, and kind of tell the story of how he showed up at Survivor Series. Of course, it wasn't a debut, right? Um, So they wrestle in, they tag in McIntyre, who is dominating Theory with hard slaps, and then they tag in Sheamus, and then the two are working on Theory, and then Happy Corbin comes in. Um, And continues to punish him. Um, Austin Theory then finally tags in Rollins and gets hit by Happy Corbin again. So he tags Woods back in. A lot of tagging back and forth, back and forth, right? So he tags in Hardy, who enters with the classic old school axe handle smash from the top rope. You don't see that a lot, but he hit him to his wrist. It was a little weird. Uh, Sheamus is back in, and Rollins tags in Bowler, and he, you know, with multiple joint locks back and forth between the two of them. Before Corbin is back in, and again, a lot of tags by SmackDown, just in, out, in, out, in, out. And you got to sometimes expect that in these kind of matches. They're a little bit hard to grab some notes on, so I'm trying my best here. Um, finally, after much back and forth, Finn Balor hits the coup de grace for the pin on Happy Corbin. One, two, three, and we get our second elimination from this match and from Team SmackDown, which is Happy Corbin. Action breaks down all over the place, and guys are just all over, right? Hardy hits a swan on two men that happen to be in the ring. Lashley dominates McIntyre into the ring post on the outside. Woods is dominating Austin Theory until the action breaks down again, and it gets kind of out of control. Lashley tags in and hits Wood hard and locks in the hurt lock. Woods doesn't give up, but he passes out for the loss. Third elimination of the match, King Xavier Woods from SmackDown, out. All right, um, then more chaos ensues. Now we have McIntyre versus Lashley. These two have a lot of history and staring off in the ring, and they get a flurry of punches back and forth with hard slaps. Lashley eventually spears Drew into the corner. Drew reverses and um, throws Lashley through the outside, and both men are fighting over the barricade. The referee counts to 10, and both men are eliminated. Referee did a really good job setting – or, excuse me, referee. The announcers did a very good job of setting up these guys. Um I would say, you know, they definitely did a good job throughout the night. But in this, they played the history of Lashley versus McIntyre. And I really enjoyed that piece of it and storytelling. So good job to the announcing team. Um, So finally, then, we have the fourth and fifth elimination, obviously. Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Lashley then enters the ring and goes nuts and hits. And then Drew hits a claymore on Lashley. And the two eventually leave the arena. Rollins, um, before, you know, Drew leaves, Rollins is taunting him goodbye. And he gets a punch in his face for the efforts. So we got Finn, battle continues, and we get Finn and Sheamus that are battling in the ring. Finn goes to the top rope, misses another coup de grace, and Sheamus hits the brogue kick for a one, two, three, and the six-man eliminated is Finn Balor from Team Raw. Final two members of SmackDown are Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. The announcers do, again, a good job of noting their history and their um, back-and-forth matches that they've had. Uh, The two have Theory and Rollins, um, on the ropes, and they do double chest slaps, Sheamus style. Eventually, Austin Theory rolls up Sheamus for a quick pinfall. One, two, three. Seventh man eliminated from the match, Sheamus via pinfall. And then lays out, uh, Sheamus uh, on his way out lays out Jeff Hardy, his own teammate, just for kicks. So now we have a Jeff Hardy as um, the only man standing type situation for Team SmackDown. So then Rollins hits a, uh, a five star frog splash on. Hardy, and he kicks out as a two-count. Theory and Rollins take um, Hardy and double superplex off the top ropes, but Hardy knocks them down, hits a swanton on Theory. One, two, three. Austin Theory, eighth man eliminated from via pinfall from the match. We are now down to Hardy and Rollins for the winning decision. The two trade moves, and Rollins does a curb stomp, but Hardy counters with a twist of fate. Hardy goes for a swanton. Roll, Rollins, Seth Rollins lifts his knees and then hits a curb stomp, on Hardy for the pinfall. Ninth and final elimination, Jeff Hardy, pinfall. Seth Rollins is the sole survivor for Team Raw. Now they are winning the event two to one. So um, on a hot ro- roll right now, Raw with everything. This match was a lot of chaos. Um, not, I mean, it's a, you're going to get a lot of this back and forth with a typical Survivor Series booking match. Um it was just a typical match, right? It wasn't anything great. It wasn't anything. It contributed to the card. Let's just go ahead and move on. I'm trying to get us through this review because the pay-per-view was kind of crazy. Um, and not in a good way. So let's see here. We have backstage segment. So our first one. This is a... Um, we're showing a memory of The Rock, right? Because we're celebrating The Rock's 25 years since debut debuted in a Survivor Series. And they have been pushing. This was like a Rock love fest all night long, right? They, um, How are you going to really surface a pay-per-view around a guy that's barely involved in your company anymore, but we're shown a memory of The Rock winning the WWE title at Survivor Series 23 years ago to become corporate champion. Those were the good old days, weren't they? So we then are showed Roman Reigns entering Vince McMahon's office and having a conversation about the golden egg that Vince brought as he has it displayed on his desk and he tells the Roman that this wasn't a gift of appreciation from The Rock and Vince says that It should set an example to Roman on what he could become in the WWE and what he could become in life if he follows the ways of his cousin. He goes on to explain that it's worth $100 million and Roman responds with, well, it sounds like that's the exact same amount of my next contract. And then he leaves the office. Vince looks very perplexed and a little confused. So they're playing something. You feel like this is a classic WWE build where they used to tell a story throughout the night. This golden egg had me a little intrigued. I know it was part of a corporate agenda, and I get that it was, you know, part of an advertising, but I thought they were going to kind of maybe just tell a story with this thing, especially involving Roman. So I was waiting to see. All right, so up next, this is where things go super sour, okay? We are given, and this killed the show for me and a lot of other people. So um, we're given entrances featuring boxes of Pizza Hut pizzas leading the way to the ring for the Battle royal. This is the, again, the Rocks 25th Memorial Battle Royal, which again, we have to mention that, right? The announcers make a shameful, shameful plug about Pizza Hut and as they are given pizza to eat during the match for the Street Profits. I felt like a lot of people were just eating pizza. This is, uh, catering must have had the night off. So catering was off tonight. So they went ahead and just ordered in Pizza Hut for everybody, right? So the match then um, begins and R-Truth actually leaves the ring to grab some pizza and enters the ring and tries to feed the other wrestlers. And they're having none of it, right? Because they're there to wrestle. He finally gets Otis to eat a piece. And then Otis, once he's done eating, eliminates our truth Okay, a little bit of comedy they're trying to throw in, right? Sami Zayn then realizes that after there's lots of eliminations, guys are getting thrown. And again, this is the Jobber battle royal, you know, with a little bit of talent in there. Um, Sami Zayn realizes there's only three guys left from SmackDown. And he tries to rally the troops only to have Cesaro and Ricochet basically turn and eliminate him. So it's just down to those two for SmackDown. Amos is highlighted heavily as he eliminates all the big men in six eliminations at this point in the match. AJ Styles accidentally eliminates all, or is accidentally eliminated by Amos, but he presses on and he continues the match. Amos goes on to eliminate a total of 12 men to win the match. The final elimination coming to Ricochet very quickly. Okay, I mean, I'm talking within... 20 seconds, right? AJ Styles enters the ring, celebrates with Amos. The Street Profits begin throwing pizza into the crowd as it finally closes, okay? This is, it was meant to get Amos over as a heel. Maybe we're getting a prep for the Royal Rumble, who knows? Um, but the reality is this was, this was rough, okay? This was horrible. It was rough. It was, um, we should be ashamed of ourselves a little bit on this three and allowing on this one. Um, this was, I, I stayed, I watched it, but, man, I really checked out during this match. And I'll be honest with you, this made the other three matches coming up hard for me to cover, guys. Very hard for me to watch and cover. I got to the point where I was on Twitter and I was trying to interact with you guys and just kind of, you know, because I needed to bring my spirits up or at least feel that you guys are feeling what I'm feeling right now. All right. So we get next. Um, This is going to be a little shorter. We got RK Bro versus the Usos, right? So we get standard entrances. Yes, we even get Riddle's birds coming out of his butt and that CGI, right? This is a standard back-and-forth matchup. Lots of RK bro. Riddle um, does his regular flip, uh, flips around the ring. I'm so tired, I can't even talk. And prances around a high-five in the crowd and kind of being goofy, right? On his little scooter. Um, it's very clear that the Usos are the stronger tag team. You know, you guys can see that. They are a tag team. They dress like a tag team. They're they just They've always been the fit, right? Um, and they're more solid team than RK-Bro because they're just kind of that gimmick comedy tag team. I'm noticing SmackDown's roster tonight is very glaring and more powerful than Raw's roster. And it's weird because you're seeing Raw get a lot of these victories. As you do here, Team RK-Bro gets the win after a Randy Orton pinfall and after RKO, basically the Usos attempt to splash. RKO out of nowhere, one, two, three. Team Raw now has the majority of the wins, um, all of them except for the pre-show. I mean, so... This was definitely, tonight, a big, big push to really try to appease, I feel like, the USA Network, right? And this was a way to, because Fox has gotten all the major players, they've gotten all the major storylines that people care about, and Raw's kind of been the, you know, the child that gets no toys at Christmas. So, all right, we get another backstage segment because we got to talk about The Rock again, right? But this time, we're running out of Survivor Series moments. So we need to just talk about rock moments. So we are given another Rocky memory, but this time it is WrestleMania versus John Cena. Okay. Again, I like that storyline. I like that they set it up a year in advance too. And then, you know, so I enjoyed those matches. Uh, Meanwhile, backstage, we were given another segment with Vince McMahon in his office. And this time he was joined by Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce. Vince realizes in the middle of the conversation as he's praising Raw and SmackDown, that it's golden egg has been stolen. And then we have a mystery on our hands, Scoobs, right? We got a mystery on our hand to investigate now. And so we're going to build to something at the end of the night. We're going to get a big payoff on this and we're going to have a cool mystery. And then, you know, all this, what we're putting up with the golden egg, I'm intrigued, but I'm also a little bit annoyed because I know it's a prop, Um, but I'm wanting to see where the end game is and I'm ready, right? So main event is not too far along. All right, so then we get into the women's Survivor Series match. Okay, again, um, not a bad card. You can tell by the lineup. Team SmackDown was definitely a more dominant, more talented group. Um, on the other side of it, you know, you had to get stars like Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair that they're building up pretty nicely too. Liv is kind of in the middle of a little bit. Um, entrances are made by both teams. SmackDown definitely all met on the ramp at their entrance and walked to the ring together after their individual music played. I thought that was a nice touch to show that they were a stronger team. So we start out with Carmella getting to face... Um, so Carmella starts out facing uh, um, Tony Storm, right? So Carmella, in the middle, right before they start, calls the timeout and puts on her protective headgear to protect her face. She gets distracted and gets rolled up by Tony Storm. One, two, three. First elimination of this match is Carmella via pinfall. So she uh, throws a little bit of a tantrum, says she calls timeout. Nobody cares. We go on. That's the theme. Nobody cares. So we get a good showdown between Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. This was a good matchup. These two have good chemistry together. They always have, even at Mania, right? Sasha almost had Banks, but Rhea Ripley breaks the count. Sasha and Belair continue to battle Bianca, and goes for the kiss of death. And Bank reverses it by grabbing her hair. Bianca tags in Zelina and body presses her over her head and throws her on top of Banks for attempted two count. Tony Storm tags in and eliminates Selena Vega via pinfall. I tell you guys how much I enjoy Tony Storm's work. I, this girl um, has that it factor. I've tweeted about that tonight. This girl has an it factor. She's great. She actually reminds me of a female Chris Jericho, right? Like I just there's something about her that I feel like she just has it. Ever since I've seen her in the in the Mae Young Classic years ago, so I've been following her career pretty closely. Um, Tony then of course um, tags in. She um, eliminates Lena Vega via pinfall, so we get our second eliminations. Lena Vega is gone. Liv Morgan enters and goes at it with Tony Storm and then plants her into the mat for a count. One, two, three. Liv Morgan eliminated Tony Storm, guys. Via Pinfall. I felt like Tony got a good showing here, but um, so I'm not really disappointed. You know, I would like to see her last a little more, but I think they did her okay. All right. You know, they didn't just like come in and treat her like, you know, nobody. Um, we get a Liv Morgan in the ring who chokes. Are in the ring and Shayna Baszler comes in and she immediately chokes her out into the corner, but uh, Shotzi Blackheart tags in briefly. And then Sasha Banks enters with a splash and a pinfall on Morgan. One, two, three, fourth elimination, Lynn Morgan for via pinfall. Rhea Ripley enters and dominates Sasha Banks and hits a beautiful standing up suplex and then goes to the top rope and hits, hits a uh, missile drop kick. Shayna Baszler enters and hits Rhea with a knee to the face and a pinfall. One, two, three. Rhea Ripley, pinfall and gone. Fifth person eliminated from this match. Shotzi Blackheart and Sasha end up fighting on the outside, and everybody helps keep Sasha out, including her own teammates. And their uh, Shotzi's pulling around, and every time she goes to get in the ring, they keep pulling her out while the referee's counting and counting and counting. Sixth elimination via countout. Sasha Banks, Banks' boss. She's gone right? Bianca is the sole survivor of Team Raw and she rolls up Natalia and she is pinned and Natalia is gone. Seventh person eliminated. Bianca hits Baszler with a slam. Pins her. One, two, three. Eighth elimination. Shayna Baszler is gone. We are now down to Bianca Belair and Shotzi Blackheart. I knew this is where it was going to go to Team Raw, guys. I knew it because they love Bianca Belair, and they're pushing her. Shotzi is the new girl in school, right? We won't, um, we haven't really kind of gotten to know her yet, so I knew this was where it was going to go wrong for SmackDown. We are down to Bianca and Shotzi. Shotzi goes off the top row for a splash, but Bianca catches her, showing that strength they love to push about her, and Shotzi gets out of the hold, though. Bianca then, uh, after a little bit, hits the KOD kiss of death for the win, and the sole survivor of Raw, the ninth and final elimination, Shotzi Blackheart. Bianca Belair takes it for Raw once again. And Raw is on an undefeated street on the main event and has not lost a match since the pre-show. We get another backstage segment, guys, because we got to you know, talk about it again. The Rock. Did you guys know it was the 25th anniversary of The Rock debuting? Did you know? Did you know? Okay. So we get another segment. And this year, it was two years ago on SmackDown where he was dissing Baron Corbin and Becky Lynch was there and he was kind of putting her over. So we get that. We then get a little bit of a interview backstage with Paul Heyman, actually entertaining stuff. He was trying to do a Brooklyn accent, and he was thought he was being interviewed and being asked about the missing egg and said he knew nothing about it, which was a little suspect, right? So I was thinking, okay, this is where it's going to come, main event. And then they told him that Brock Lesnar's suspension has been lifted, and Paul looks a little scared and goes off. So I'm thinking this egg is going to come in at the end of the main event or we're going to get something amazing, something special. So let's go to that main event and let's talk about it. Our main event, we get Raw versus SmackDown with Raw clearly in the lead, right? A five to one so far on the night. And they'll come looking strong and they come out, you know, looking like the stronger brand, but they honestly needed it because SmackDown is, you know, let's be real. It's the real deal. They showed a package with a build-up for this match. Roman attacking Xavier in the New Day, and Big E's out revenge for his family. I'll be honest with you guys, I knew coming into this match, Roman's not losing this match. Big E is not the one to take Roman down with a loss. Okay, I'm not, not against Big E. That's nothing against him. I like him. I like his work, but there is no way he is on the same level as a Roman Reigns right now in his career, and he should not have been the guy to take him down, and you guys are going to learn that he wasn't, okay? So Roman um, was secure and continued on, but it was a pretty good showing back and forth between these guys. Uh, the match began, but Roman rolls out of the ring for counsel from Paul Heyman about being the head of the table. Roman, um, you know, just get a little pep talk and then back in the two exchange blows and unloading in on Big E, beating him on the ground, leading him to the corner with a headbutt and turnbuckle to follow with shots in the corner. So they slow down the pace of the match here. And the pace, um, the two big men more or less play the power game. It's power versus power in this matchup, right? Um, Roman advises Brooklyn at one point to shut their mouths or he'll come out to the crowd and smack them. So it's good, you know, as Roman um, being the professional heel that he is. So both men later on are on the outside of the ring, and Roman is punishing Biggie, and he uh, reverses Reigns. Then eventually Biggie reverses Reigns into the steps to buy some time to recover. Both men then climb back in them before the account expires. Big E hits a three. Big E then in the ring hits three belly belly suplexes and follows up with a running splash off of the ropes right on top of Reigns. Um, momentum is killed by a Samoan, job, uh, Samoan drop by Roman to Big E. Big E is taking a beating but reverses um, the advantage with a rock bottom to Reigns. Okay, there's a nice little nod at the great one, The Rock, right? We got a rock bottom by Big E. Big E then gets him into what's called a stretch muffler. Is when he's stretching out, trying to get that tap out. Roman reverses that eventually after some suffering and picks up the 285 pound Biggie Langston. That's right, I'm going to use his last name, Biggie Langston. Okay, with a one arm and hits a power bomb, one arm power bomb on the big 285 pounder. Roman goes for a Superman punch, but he misses and then he hits a rock bottom of his own on Biggie and the crowd chants, Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. You could feel the crowd was feeling this moment, especially with the rock bottoms coming from Roman. Um, Roman hits two Superman punches, and Biggie is at this point hawking up, and it's almost not affecting him, right? So they had a little shades of Hulk Hogan, and he's hawking up, and you're like, "Ooh, what's going on here?" So he takes on a third to the jaw, another Superman punch, bam, right from Roman. Roman begins to taunt the crowd. He turns around, and he's taunting the crowd, and then he goes for his setup. Ooh, ah, spear! And he turns around, and Biggie's up again, kind of staring him down in the face, right? And Roman, um, he throws Roman to the floor, and then he spears him through the ropes, classic Biggie style. And for a guy that size, I applaud him. Uh, back in the ring, um, he gets a they get back in the ring. He gets a spear by reins, and Biggie kicks out at two, right? The crowd is chanting, "Let's go Roman! Let's go Biggie! Let's go Roman! Let's go Biggie!" Back and forth, right? Um, Roman goes for a guillotine submission, and Big E powers through it eventually after being in it for a while, and hits a big ending for a close count on Roman as he grabs the rope to survive. Both men are all over the place outside. Big E is ramming Roman into tables and barricades. Roman reverses it into the steps where Big E smacks his knee on the steps and hits a super. Okay, then they go back. He hits a, he hits a Superman punch off and jumping off the steps. Then they get back in the ring, and the big ending is coming. But Roman kicks out. Big E's knee, and Roman reverses it off the ropes for a spear. One, two, three, and that is where our show ends, ladies and gentlemen. And Roman Reigns is still the head of the table and the head of the WWE, which is the way it should have been. I kept waiting for something more, okay, while we closed out with a decent match and an okay display by Big E. This was not my favorite um, match of the pay-per-view. I don't know what was. It's really hard to pick. I guess this might be, and then... Charlotte Flair Becky Lynch one but other than that man there was not much good and you know I probably wouldn't have watched this match if I knew I didn't have to do the show for you guys so um but you know that's why I do it so basically I spent the night watching this trying to take as best notes um I waited for a little more to happen and I kept waiting and waiting and nothing so let's talk about that here in the wrap-up so for me guys um, Survivor Series was one of the worst pay-per-views that I've seen this year by the WWE. And I don't know um, reasons why. Let's go over that. They put a lot of investment into Crown Jewel, which turned out to be a pretty good show. And that was only a few weeks later or ago. you know. And then Survivor Series came up. And I feel like Survivor Series came up too quick, too fast, and they got too much of an easy out by putting these championship versus championship matches that won't matter come tomorrow night in less than 24 hours, right? So nothing they do tonight is going to matter. And they went into the show knowing that and said, yeah, we're going to do champion versus champion with a couple matches. Um, What I would like to see in the future, okay, I would like to see, you know, and it's a very easy fix. You make the Survivor Series traditional match mean something. So what I would do is Raw versus SmackDown for the men and women's matches, you have your big players in these matches, and the winning team, Raw or SmackDown, five on five. Those five winners of those teams get to draw in the top picks 20 through 30 in the Royal Rumble coming in January. Okay, so now all of a sudden, your winning team, Raw, you when you draw for numbers for your shot to try to win Rumble and go to Mania, you're actually drawing, and you're guaranteed a top basically 10 slot and best number that you can get. I think that would add a little more seasoning to this sauce because right now it play, it tasted very plain Jane. So what we have is a a failed attempt this year. Um, So for me, um, and I kept waiting for that golden egg payoff. You guys know, we never got an answer ever, which just, I know annoys a lot of people in the community, including myself, because we never got an answer and you know, they'll probably try to dump it off on raw Smackdown, but you know what I expect, a booking on the show to happen all on the show. Okay, I think of all the great times when wrestling was at its best, all the booking started at the beginning of the night. They used to do it weekly for Raw and SmackDown, and they didn't even do it for their pay-per-views tonight. Okay, so that's the thing is you got to start your booking through the night. If you're going to do this golden egg promotional crossover, okay, but now you just made it about The Rock and you just found another way to make it about a movie and a Netflix partnership, and when all you had to do was take that golden egg... And investigate the stolen, you know, thing and who stole it, and then that could have been, you know, your mystery that you solved that maybe unlocked the key to your main event win or something else, right? Um, but the problem is, is they didn't even tease it for the next night. They didn't tease it for nothing. It's just they kind of did it and they said it was stolen and that was the end. I mean, it's probably back in the movie on Netflix and you should go watch it if you want to see it there, right? So, guys, um, I'm gonna get out of here. Those are my thoughts. Those are my results and thoughts on the pay per view. Thank you guys for watching me and always being with me here on this. Um, Like, share, subscribe. You guys know it helps me out a lot. Um, And right now, it's not goodbye, but it is game over.